I've got the thing that tripped up Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. Oh, and I've got uh, not quite healthcare. Welcome to Date Fight. What's wrong with you, you little rascal? It's a podcast where we take things that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each other. Yes, we do. He's Jake Yap. I'm Lance Tapley. And look what you made me go and do now. Um, and joining us today is Lizzie Edward Roper to take us through the forest of history, uh, to the clearings of entertainment, and help us light fires of pod. Hello, Lizzie. Hello, and welcome to my chalky spinster kingdom. <laughs> It's the Miss Havisham of comedy. It's yes. Lizzie Roper. <laughs> the lonely barren lady we all love to hate. It's Lizzie Roper. Lizzie. Time she does a pun, cobwebs fall from her jowls. <laughs> I'm going to take us to the 25th. No, I'm not. It's the 30th today. I'm going to take us to the 30th of July, <laughs> you like, 1965, man. when LBJ signs the Social Security Act 1965, finally ensuring that there was some sort of limited health care for old people and people who were on unemployment in America. People have been trying to do this for about 50 years before that. In 1912, Theodore Roosevelt had made social sickness insurance part of the progressive platform for president and lost. In 1915, the American Association for Labour Legislation tried to get medical insurance through the states individually rather than doing it at a federal level, uh, which led to the American Medical Association realising that they hated the idea of government health care because they were worried that doctors would make less money. In 1935, Fred, uh, FDR tried to get medical insurance through in the Social Security Bill, but then uh, they ended up leaving it out because it was proving too contentious. Uh, so the rest of Social Security happened, but healthcare didn't. In 1947, President Truman sent a note to Congress saying, I really think we should sort out this healthcare thing. Do you want to see if you can put something together? That would make sense. Uh, and they never did. Uh, and in 1964... LBJ controlled the presidency and the Democrats controlled Congress with a two-to-one majority in the House and a 32-seat majority in the Senate. And so the groups who were opposed to it came up with a new thing. And they thought, oh, we're probably not going to be able to just outvote them because there are too many Democrats at the moment. But what we could do is say that instead of having one plan, we'll come up with three different plans. And then maybe they won't be able to agree and none of them will happen. <laughs> so that's what they did. They came up with three different proposals and pitched each what? of those to different groups. So they were all arguing over which one should go through. And in the end, HR 6675, which started Medicare and Medicaid, was actually an amalgamation of two of the different proposals. So it backfired on them. Uh, Senate Liberals wanted it to cover more and so expanded it. So it covered most of the population, would cost 800 million more. But as soon as it went back to the House, they stripped that out and said, no, don't be silly. Um, And by 1963, there were 17 and a half million people of pensionable age in America, which was almost 10% of the population, and hospital costs were rising 6% a year, so they had to cover old people, which is why Medicaid was installed to cover <clears throat> to cover old people. Uh, but it was done through private healthcare companies who manage Medicare and Medicaid, um, so they could claim that it's not government healthcare because the government doesn't actually administer the healthcare, it's a private health company who's still making money off your tax dollars. And that's what happened in 1965 when old people and poor people got the advantage of healthcare in America. Or did they? <laughs> Satire. <laughs> you could do, do you want to say John Oliver? Ah, oh, it's very good. Yeah, no, it's very oh, good. Very intelligent. Very, very intelligent. Yeah. No, that Russell Howard, he's the one. And yes. you realise he's reading it out. Yeah, go on, sorry. <laughs> no, I'll say Russell Brand. It's the Russell Brand that they, everybody thinks is intelligent because he uses all them long words when actually he's just a hippie nutter. <laughs> You can't say... Forsooth is a hippie nutter. Hippie. 
Tis but rhubarb. Verily, my liege, tis but the latterness that adds to Mmm, a tiny bit of urine has passed through my penile cavity. <laughs> my epididymus engorges with interest at in your story, Jacob Yap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. well, Let's I, do the rest I, of it. I, 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 Russell Brands. All those tax dollars you're talking, I'm just going to rise above this serene. Okay. When shall we three Russell Brands like meet a again? Swan with all its bum hanging out. Uh, I'm going to take you to the 30th of July, 1956. Mm. So help me. Mm. And I've got President Eisenhower. Mm. And all of those tax dollars, it is mm. agreed shall bear the now official national motto of America as signed off on this day in God we trust. Yeah. Now, prior to that, it was e pluribus unum Mm. and all of that. (laughs) Very mildly, e pluribus unum. So, it's an awful lot of pluribus coming out of my unum. (laughs) So... You got a tissue. That was a pigeon. That wasn't. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, there have been various attempts to uh, get it removed because a lot of people say that this mm. is a violation of the Establishment Clause of the First um, uh, Amendment, yeah. saying uh, this is the blend of church and state. She's broken. What's wrong with her? <laughs> oh. And then she went. You again. all started shouting. I dropped out, and I yeah. Ninety percent of Americans support uh, the inscription in God We Trust on US mm. coins, um, and I will say that that's that doesn't, as a phrase, actually occur in the Bible anywhere. Although it can be found literally in two places in the Quran. Oh. Something to think about, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, it's also the heraldic oh. motto of Brighton in England, oh. uh, in Latin, in Deo Fidemus. Oh, yeah. Why don't you to... take us through the birthdays? I will do. I'm going to jump exists. straight in, um, pretending that Lizzie hasn't stopped off uh, in anger. Happy birthday to Thorstein Veblen, who is mainly <laughs> today's birthday because he's got a funny name. He was a prominent progressive era critic of capitalism, but he was an anti-Marxist as well. He predicted the stock market crash before it happened, but unfortunately for him, he died before he got to see that he would be right. Uh, he made a load of money and invested it all in California raisins and then lost everything. He came up with the idea of conspicuous consumption. Before that, economics, economics couldn't explain why some things had value despite the fact they were clearly just to show off. And he came up with a theory as to why that would be... Um, he, after graduating from Yale, he had seven years of being unemployed, which some people said coloured his attitude towards capitalism. Um, and yes, that's Thorstein Devon. He was quite interesting, I guess. That's why I picked him. It's my fault if he's not interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It's far too late in this podcast to start accepting responsibility. (laughs) Uh, happy death day to Claudette Colbert. She was the star of more than 60 movies, including seven with Fred McMurray. <laughs> uh, she won an, Ameri- um, an Oscar for It Happened One Night. Uh, and the AFI came to the conclusion that she, the American Film Institute, came to the conclusion that she was the 12th greatest female star of Hollywood's classic age. Uh, she was secretly married to Norman Foster, but she had to live with her mother, and her mother hated Norman <laughs> Foster and wouldn't let him in the house. Um, Do you mean, like, the architect Norman Foster? No, this is no. A, he's a 
this is um, an actor called Norman Foster who she starred in one film with and everyone said he's rubbish hello 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 Hello. she's back we're talking about Claudette Colbert hello can you hear me yes I can hear you now and that's the birthday and the death day Lizzie, how do you feel about everything? Brilliant. Well, I missed most of that. I missed mm. most of that, which is probably the best way for me to judge this programme. Yeah. Because um, I've realised I need the two of you to uh, repeat to me what mm. your opening gambits are at the start of the show. And then I will say whether or not they led me a merry dance. Okay. So, oh. <clears throat> Actually, I'm Jake, glad you've asked that what question. What have you got? I'm really glad you asked that question because I didn't explain it. Um, I said mm. I've got the thing that tripped up mm. Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. And the reason is, oh. he went on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yes. And was asked for a million, this is the million pound question. He was on mm. 500,000. What yeah. is the motto of America? Um, and he went with E Pluribus Unum, which is what it sort yeah. of had been until it got ratified as In God We Trust. Mm-hmm. And in the end, uh, he had to appeal because he dropped back down to 32,000. Oh. And uh, he had to. Uh, they they were like, "Well, you have to give us a rematch then." So he got a rematch. He had done very well. Remember, he got a question about Richard II, right? He remembered that Richard II invented handkerchiefs, which, as regular listeners to Date Fight will know, he did. Amazing. Um, what did I say? I said it's not quite healthcare. What? what? I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I, I, hang on. I, I, the, I, I, how come the two of you are are so? <laughs> Don't ask for explanations now. It's too late for that. Lizzie is laying. (laughs) Has she gone again? Oh, no. no. (laughs) This is the worst. (laughs) Should we just give you the point? Because it's too long to me. Oh, oh, there you are. Look at Alan Bowen's appearance on... (laughs) Oh, I can't bear this! (laughs) Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, we can now. You've caught up, I think. Have I? Am I in the room? <laughs> I think you're oh, at eight seconds it's like, late. It's like Krypton Factor, the drunk edition. <laughs> it's like that two Ronnie's sketch. <laughs> How is it that mm. both of you know so much about Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen's appearances on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Was... Have I missed something? Was this the... It was Talking in Wikipedia. Point of the television century. Yes, was... It was in Wikipedia. Oh. Also, it was the televisual moment of the 2000s. Oh, oh it really was. Yeah. There was that. <laughs> and there was, was that it? episode of Big Brother where Makozi was in a box. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> right. So your opening gambit was. Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen and who was the millionaire? And that's was. <laughs> it's not quite healthcare. Yeah, and what was Nathaniel Tapley's? I said it's not quite healthcare, and the thing I was describing was okay. Medicaid and Medicare. Right, well, the points have got to go to Jake Yap then, because yep. that led me a sophisticated and glorious dance through the corridors of television history. So, three, up two, your bum and well done, Jake. Well done, Jake. Well <sighs> done, Jake Yap. Thank you very much. It's, it's, it's a huge honour to serve. Uh, thanks yeah. very much for listening to Date yes. Fight. It puts you in quite an elite club now. Um, <laughs> if you would like to be an, an even elite club, you could become a Patreon. Mm. If you go to patreon.com slash date fight, uh, you can find out all about the arts. All of the stuff that when you hear the clumsy edits, all of the stuff that's mm. really funny and filthy uh, goes to the Patreons. So uh, yeah. why not check that out? 
in the meantime we'll be back with more tomorrow if yes, we, we will. can get the magic <laughs> internet the machines thing. working and do all the things up the things right bye bye <laughs>